This is your Kick-Ass Life Podcast, episode number 233. This is the Your Kick-Ass Life Podcast with Andrea Owen, a no BS guide to self-help and badassery. Because ladies, let's face it, life's too short for it to not kick ass. And here's your host, the girl who serves it up straight with a side of crazy, Andrea Owen. Hey there, Ask Kickers. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. Guess what? June 12th, 2008 was my very first published blog post about personal development that I ever posted. So it's been 10 years that I have been writing about personal development. The podcast is about five years old, but it's been 10 years since I have been writing about self-help. And I wanted to create a kind of, here's what I've learned in the 10 years of writing and blogging, basically. And that's what I've come up with for today's episode. It's a solo episode. I don't mean to sound totally cliche about it, but it is one of those things where I can't believe it's been 10 years. Wow. It really, on some days it feels like it's flown by and other days it feels like it's been a hundred years. I don't know what that means. I guess it's just like life. You know, some days it's agonizing. Some days it's great. (laughs) But anyway, I'm excited to roll this out to you. I came up with six things that I've learned about writing and really about putting your art out into the world that I felt like would be helpful for you. But first, I'm kind of going to do this kiss of death thing. So the advice that we are given by them capital T, is to never send your listeners in two different directions. If you're talking about something, don't send them over here and send them over there at the same time. And that is exactly what I'm going to do. But the thing is, is I have two things that I want to tell you about that are important. The first thing you might have heard me talk about last week is that we are dropping the agency. We are no longer going to have any advertising or sponsorships here on the podcast. The podcast will remain free for everyone, but in order to support the show, in order to help with production costs, we are moving over to Patreon. So it is actually open right now. You can go and sign up and support the show and get all kinds of goodies and prizes and bonuses and things like that. Patreon.com slash Y-K-A-L. Some of the bonuses are that you get an extra podcast episode every month. Kind of like, remember when I did the Daily Diaries in February? I'm going to do that monthly for patrons of a certain level. I am also going to have a monthly live uh, video chat where you can ask me anything. Me and the dog are going to be here. I'm going to allow my patrons to be a part of the show. You can submit your questions to be answered as part of the listener q and episodes. You can help me come up with questions for upcoming guests and really just be a part of the show, really. And there's so much. There's so much. I'm not going to read it all to you. You can go over to patreon.com slash YKAL. That link, of course, is in the show notes. And the other thing I wanted to tell you about is this is something I'm really excited about. I am going to start a mentorship in October of this year. So what it involves, it's a virtual retreat, meaning it's a retreat and you don't have to leave your house. It's amazing. It's all curriculum based, followed by three months of support from me and a small group of women. So these are weekly calls that we're doing. It also involves some private work with me as well as a group forum that we're all a part of. And 
really it's for any woman, any of you who is ready to actually do the work, do the real work and get support from me and from other women. So it's part mentorship, part mastermind. Again, this is a very small group and it is application-based. So if you think that that might be something that you're interested in, if you are craving more support and mentorship, as well as know that you work best and get the best results when there is accountability happening, when there are tools that you actually learn in personal development and then are helped along in taking those to your real life, this definitely might be something that you want to consider. So if you go over to yourkickasslife.com slash mentorship, you can simply sign up to be notified as soon as I open up applications. It does not in any way obligate you to sign up. It just simply means that as soon as we open up applications, uh, you will get first dibs at filling out your application and then possibly having a phone call with me to see if it's right for you. So again, yourkickasslife.com slash mentorship. And those links that I just mentioned, both of them, the Patreon link and the one for the mentorship is over at the show notes, yourkickasslife.com slash 233. And that is it for the announcements that I have. So now on with the regularly scheduled program. And here are six things that I have learned over the last 10 years of blogging. Okay, here's the first one. To me, this one feels really obvious, but I think that it's important to talk about because it's a lesson for so many other things in your life, really everything. And that is writing makes you a better writer. One of the simplest pieces of advice I ever got right from the beginning, and it's absolutely the truest. To be a better swimmer, you swim. To be a better kung fu fighter, you kung fu fight. To be a better person who does life, you work on your life. Writing is the same. It's getting your butt in the seat as much as possible, unless you have a standing desk. And if you do, woohoo, I should get one of those. But you just get in position, whatever it is, and you write. If you're really committed, try to write every day. I know I hear that advice a lot. You know, whatever your art is, Do that as much as possible to be better at that craft. The second thing I've learned from 10 years of blogging is write like no one is reading. And the thing is, is this might be easy if you are kind of, you know, journal writing and you lock it up in a safe that has 17 lock combinations on it because you're sure no one will read it. But sometimes, you know, we are bloggers or maybe you're a freelance writer or maybe you express yourself via Facebook status updates and we know people are reading and that knowledge can change the way you write and express yourself. You put probably a little bit more bullshit in there than you normally would if you were 100% sure that nobody would read it. You know, we start to worry about what people will think. We might skew our opinion to not seem too much of something. I don't want to start a debate. Or what if my mom reads this? I mean, I think of that when I'm writing status updates. I'm like, oh my gosh, who are the people that are going to read this and have some kind of reaction? And I don't even think these people are going to say anything to me. It's just the fear of their reaction, right? And things go sideways fast. The thing is, if you want to write 
with your whole heart, if you want to tap into the innermost parts of yourself that are raw and real and uncensored, you must write like no one is reading. I'll tell you what, I had such a great lesson of that when my dad died and how I was processing that grief was writing about it. I was sure that nobody would read that. I don't even think the thought crossed my mind at all that this might be something that somebody would read. It was really more of a, I have to get this out of me. And for me, that was typing on my computer. And I look back at that writing and I'm like, wow, that was interesting. You know, it's just like these parts of myself that I didn't even truly know existed were expressed during that time. So again, the second of six best advice that I can give you, lessons I've learned of 10 years of blogging, write like no one is reading, which brings me to the third one, but also write like people are reading. And I know I just gave you a heartfelt sermon on writing like no one is reading, (laughs) but you have to know your audience once you create a community of readers, if that's what you want, because this lesson doesn't apply if you're writing with no goal in mind except to write. And I think that that's that's amazing. Sometimes I wish that that was my only medium, you know, that that my writing was not going to be read by anyone at all. And of course, I am actually in control of that, but that's not to go off subject. But if you're trying to eventually build a business now or in the future, If you want to grow your writing community, whatever that looks like for you, you must get to know who your best readers are, who your best followers are. Follow your intuition on this one and listen to your audience at the same time. The third, no, where are we? We're on the fourth one. (laughs) The fourth of six, things that I've learned over 10 years of blogging, you will get criticism even if it's just about your grammar. A wise woman once told me, you haven't made it until you get a hater. And by hater, that being anyone from a full-on troll to someone who criticizes your work outright. There is thoughtful criticism which is basically just feedback that argues your points. Maybe it gives you some pushback on your opinions or just some feedback on your work in general. And then there are people who are just dicks. The thing is, if you keep writing or putting your art out there, whatever that is, you will eventually get criticism. It's not a maybe or, you know, it's it's really a when, it's not an if. You are not for everyone and that is okay. Which brings me to the next one. What you do with that criticism will set your future in motion. I actually wrote about this in How to Stop Feeling Like Shit. And it, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, it's in the people-pleasing chapter. I have no idea if you guys can hear my dog snoring. You probably can't because I'm right in front of the mic, but dang, she is really committed to this nap that she's taking. At any rate, getting back to criticism. Before, many years ago when I was first writing, you know, it, it probably wasn't even 
I probably made it a full year before I got any criticism, before my audience grew enough to the point where my reach was big enough, where I did reach people who, you know, I wasn't for them. And when I did get criticism, I used to let it completely take me down. I would go down that rabbit hole of, this is too hard, people are mean, they don't even know me, I hate this, I'm a terrible writer, blah, 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 blah. And then maybe I would write a few blog posts that made sure they were so vanilla and inoffensive to all people on planet Earth. And I even went back and edited posts that I had written because somebody was offended by something I said. And then looking back on it, I was like, no, that's actually not, you know, I was editing it to make other people comfortable. So it was some hard lessons for me to really accept that it is not my job to make people comfortable. It is my job not to be a complete asshole and geez louise, of course I've made mistakes and made missteps over the last decade and offended people and have had to apologize and clean up messes that I've made, of course. And again, it's been some hard lessons to get criticism like that and really sit back and think about, is this about me or is this about somebody else? I've just learned In regards to criticism, I've learned that one, of course, people are allowed to have their own opinions. If you're sharing your your art on a public platform, whether that's a blog or a freelance article or your Facebook status, you're going to eventually get someone who disagrees with you and that's their right. I actually follow this woman on social media. She's an amazing writer And she has a large, large platform, way bigger than mine. And she's very opinionated and she gets pushback. And I'm watching the whole thing unfold and she just, and she's admitted that she's really sensitive and she doesn't like negative feedback, which I was like, honey, that's your first mistake to like admit that publicly. (laughs) And she's admitted that she doesn't take criticism well at all. She has not, to me, she has not learned that lesson and she shuts down anybody, even people that give her thoughtful criticism. And that to me is, that's not, remember the second lesson or maybe it was the third one or I was talking about like, know your audience. To me, that's not okay. Like if you are going to use a public platform for your writing and you can't at least accept that people, she like, she flings shit at them is what she's doing. And the people aren't flinging shit at her in the first place, but she's taking it as people are flinging shit. Do you get my gist? Okay. So to me, that is someone who has not actually done the work. Uh, She needs to lean on her community. She needs to lean on her friends and really do the work of learning that it's really just thoughtful feedback. So anyway, again, what I learned about this is people are allowed to have their own opinions. It might not be something that you like, and it's really their right to do that. It's really their right to have their own opinion. Sometimes they are kind and thoughtful about it, which wouldn't it be great if everybody was, but sometimes they are not. And two, when they are not, it's your choice to engage, but arguing with someone who doesn't have the decency to engage with kindness 
and try to get them to like you or see your side is like trying to nail jello to the wall. It's not going to happen. It's terribly messy and so incredibly aggravating. I mean, this that's just a that's just a general life lesson about trying to get people on your side who are not willing to engage in a kind and graceful way. And then also what I've learned about you know, how to deal with criticism, it will sting when people criticize your work. Hands down, I don't know anyone. I just, I really truly feel like people are lying who say that when they get criticism about their work, especially if it's really well thought out criticism, they don't feel a little bit of a sting. I don't know, maybe they exist. I just, I don't believe you. <laughs> especially when you put your heart and your soul into your art, whatever that is. I just, I'm a believer that it will sting when people criticize your work. So feel your feelings, vent to your friends about it, forgive the person if they were rude or if they were an a-hole or even if they just had a different opinion and do your best to move on. Again, that's what I wrote about in in that chapter and how to stop feeling like shit. And those are some hard lessons, y'all. Those are some lessons that I bump up against and sometimes go kicking and screaming into. But I can tell you that if you isolate around it, if you don't tell anyone how you're feeling, it will be worse. Find the right people to talk to about it and move through it instead of trying to run away from it. The last lesson of my lessons I've learned over 10 years of blogging is that your ideas, your opinions, and things you're passionate about will change over time. You may even disagree with your former self. Oh my God, the old, old blog posts I wrote. I've only deleted one of them out of literally hundreds of posts that I've written over the years. But when I go back and read some of my old stuff, some of it I laugh and think like, hey, that's pretty clever. (laughs) That's pretty good writing. And some of it I cringe a little bit. I wrote through much of my eating disorder recovery. So I can watch myself getting better. I can watch myself have these epiphanies about my own recovery and, and what I was going through personally. I can watch myself getting better. Uh, It's sort of like looking through old journals or looking at old photographs of yourself and, and seeing the trajectory and the chronology of my own growth. I know some people go back and delete a lot of their old stuff. And I wouldn't, I have no, I would feel bad doing that because I've made this community about sharing my own struggles so that it inspires other people, so that it gives people other hope. And so that you can see, I mean, if you're brand new to the podcast, if you've only been around for the last year or so, like it hasn't always been this way. (laughs) 10 years ago, I was a very different woman. And yeah, I, my best advice there is to try your best not to be embarrassed about your former self. I even wrote a post about that a long time ago because I 
I had a huge realization that I had so much shame about who I was and my past and how I used to behave and how I used to think and, and all of these things. And it's really as humans, you know, it's just where we were at the time. For me, it was where I was at the time. It was part of my path. It was part of my growth. I needed to go through that. You can't just jump from A to Z as much as we want to. And also, y'all have to go to the show notes because I have a screenshot of my very first blog. If you go to yourkickasslife.com slash 233, there is a link to, um, no, no, sorry. That is the link to the show notes. And at the bottom, I took a screenshot of my old blog. It was, oh my God, do you guys remember Blogspot? This was before WordPress became huge. And in like the, the mid 2000s, you know, everybody had, if you had a blog, it was probably on Blogger. And I did. And I paid someone money for that header that you see over there with the sunshine. Oh my gosh. It was live your, live your ideal life coaching with Andrea Owen. Here was the tagline. A blog about life lessons leading to my ideal life. Life is short. Find your inspiration. I, you guys, I remember writing that. And I totally pulled that out of my ass. I was like, that sounds good. Slap that on a header. Let's start a blog. (laughs) I didn't put a whole lot of thought into it. And when you see this, you'll be like, wow, clearly she didn't put a whole lot of thought in it. And I quoted Joe Dirt on my blog, life's a garden, dig it. Joe Deertag. Yeah. Anyway, (laughs) It was 2008. What can I say? But I I love that it still exists and I love that I can show it to you because I want you to see, especially, I know a lot of you listening are aspiring life coaches or you are in the beginning of your, your life coaching business journey. And I think people think I, I like popped out of the womb, you know, with two books published and a website and a community and, you know, 233 podcast episodes. That is absolutely not what happened. Like it started very, you know, on a rudimentary level like that. Okay. So one more lesson, I kind of got off, off track there being all nostalgic. The last lesson of 10 things that I've learned over over, or no, sorry, several things I've learned over 10 years of blogging is your parents might read your writing and then there may be some awkward conversations. Years ago, it might have been, I think it was in my first year of blogging, my mom had read one of my posts and it was a very rare topic. I wrote about politics. This was, oh, I remember when this was. This was when I was switching sides. So some of you may know, I told a story many, many podcasts ago. I am a former Republican. I voted Republican in at least three elections. And it wasn't until 2012 election where I formally switched sides. And I wrote about, I I, I could tell when I wrote this post that it was when I was very conflicted and was going through this like political transition happening. Everything I know to be true is changing. And I wrote about it and my mom read it. (laughs) She said to me, honey, 
Don't you think some things are better left unsaid? And y'all, that wasn't even like one of my deep down and dirty posts. I think that she has like stopped reading. I don't know. Maybe she hasn't. She did read my first book and probably the second. But at any rate, I, I think she's used to it now. My first reaction when she said that, you know, don't you think some things are better left unsaid? My first reaction was no. In terms of this, what I've created, this platform I, where I tell the truth about my life, the messy parts, the great parts, and everything in between, I don't think there are things I should cover up or make better than they really are. And I know what she was saying. And in my mother's defense, she comes from a different generation where you always, you know, quote unquote, put your, put your best foot forward. And I believe people were just more private and, you know, so that's, that's still the camp that she lives in. And she and I are just different like that. So please know that if you write or if you podcast, you run the risk of people you care about, like your family, like your coworkers, like your neighbors, your kids, really anyone might read or listen to your work. So be prepared. And to, in conclusion, you know, to wrap it up, this whole journey has been incredible. I look forward to more decades of truth-telling and growing alongside with you. Thank you so much for being here throughout this, whether you've been here from the beginning, all 10 years, or whether you've just been with me for the last 20 minutes or so on this particular episode. And again, just as a reminder, Patreon, please, please, please come and join us over there. That link is in the show notes. There are bonuses galore happening as we launch this baby. And I appreciate so much your support in allowing this podcast to continue. Thank you so much, everyone. Until next time, I will see you out in cyberspace. Bye-bye.